We're going to be talking, I'm, I'm really excited about this. We're going to be talking about God's will, the will of God. And the reason why, I, well, I'll get to the reason why I'm excited about it. But here in a few minutes, you're going to, you're going to see a scripture that just, man, I've, I've been chewing on for several weeks now and, and claiming. But I, I think as disciples, that's kind of the thrust of this year as, as we're trying to grow as disciples or imitators of Christ. We, we found out that that's, uh, that's what discipleship means, is to imitate Christ. Well, if, if you are going to imitate your teacher, your master, it would be nice for you to know what his will is. What is it he desires? It'd be pretty ridiculous if I came in here, I was the professor, you guys are my students, and I say, next Sunday, I need you to turn in a project. See ya. And then leave. <laughs> okay, what, can I get some instructions? Can I find out what it is that you want? Nope. But yet that's the mindset Christians sometimes have when it comes to God's will. Well, no one, I mean, God's, his ways are higher than our ways. Nobody really can know the will of God. You know, it's, it's and, and yet we find all throughout the scripture, that's absolutely false. God wants you to know what his will is. God wants you to know what, his, what he desires for you. Uh, a lot of times folks, you know, they, they, they just attribute anything to the will of God. In other words, if, it, if it's happened, well, it must have been God's will. No, not everything that happens is God's will, right? And, and we attribute everything. I don't know why God took out so many people with that tornado. Why, why did he have to do it? Well, I don't, the Bible says that, that, that God... God wills for none to perish and for all to come to repentance, right? It's just, just because something tragic happens. Well, I don't know why God wanted that to happen. It's, you know, man, the enemy's having a, a field day in our life sometimes. Why? Because he can, he can throw a roadblock out there and we start getting mad at God. <laughs> and yet, you know, it, it wasn't God's will at all. So, so just because something happens in life doesn't mean it's the will of God. Well, what is the will of God? We're going to find out. So we're going to talk about today discovering the will of God. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at different subjects that pertain to our life. See what his will is about us advancing in life. See what his will is about our health and well-being. What is it that his will is? We're going to discover that his word is his will. And, and what, what happens when you pray his will or pray his word? That's why the Lord had me tap Isaac today and say, come up here and pray because well, what did he do? He prayed the prayer of faith. What is that? When you pray the word of God, you know, he was quoting scripture as he's praying. What is he doing? He's speaking the word of God. Why? Because it's the most true thing we have. It's more real than anything. And it's more sure than anything. And, and it's, there's power in praying the word of God. We're going to find that out here pretty quick. All right. So I have been told there's brand new batteries in this. And if that doesn't cure our woes, then we're just going to have to break down and buy a new one. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. So, Did I do that or did you? Oh, okay, Aaron did that. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> I was like, boy, I was like, man, that worked really good. I wasn't even pointing. So <laughs> let's talk about prayer and God's will. That Do you realize that the way you pray impacts the will of God being manifest in your life, coming to pass in your life? 
I, I think it's safe to say, how many of you want the will of God to take place in your life? Right? Now, some of you go, I don't know. I don't know what his will is. Well, good. We're going to find out. All right, hang on. Hang on. Don't, don't do it yet. Let's see. If I hold my mouth right. All right. Was that me or you? Ah, yay. Glory to God. <laughs> well, actually, it, it skipped one. There we go. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. This is Jesus teaching us to pray, and we all know this. This, then, is how you should pray. Let's all read it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, what? Wow, your will be done. Where? As it is in heaven. So notice it doesn't say, hey, your will is being done. You know, hey, everything that happens, that must have been the will of God. No, it's saying... Pray that the will of God is done on earth just like it is in heaven. Well, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, according to this, it's not rocket science. And, and actually, don't get insulted at how simple this is, but it really is. In other words, is it taking place in heaven? If the answer is yes, well, it's his will. Let that happen here on earth in my life. Is it not taking place in heaven? If you're like, yeah, that's not taking place in heaven. Well, then I don't want it in my life. Is there depression in heaven? Is it the will of God for you to be depressed? Then you don't have to live in depression. You know? Is there, is there division in heaven? Is it, a will of God, is it the will of God for your family to be full of division? Then you don't have to accept division in your life. Why? Because you're praying that the will of God be manifest on earth. Well, what are you made of? Dirt. Someone said dirt. What, what is dirt? Earth. <laughs> right? Let your will be done on earth. Do it, do it in me just like it's done in heaven. Is, is, there, is it the will of God for your marriage to be strong? Yeah. Say, well, you ain't married to the person I'm married to. It doesn't matter. He, is, let me ask you, is, 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 there, is there divorce court in heaven? Say, well, you know, and the Bible even says that God hates divorce. Now, he doesn't hate the divorcee. He loves us. Life happens sometimes. But why, why would God hate it? Because look at the destruction it brings into families. You know, life and, and life moves on and you can be blessed. It's still destructive. So does God want us to have strong marriages in this house? Yeah, okay. So, so with that, it's not that hard to start understanding what the will of God is. Is it, is it God's will for you to be broke and suffer? Are people broke and suffering in heaven? Or are they provided for all right, well, it's God's will for you to be provided for. Amen. All right, so, so, but it's impacted by how we begin to pray. So our prayer life can have a direct result as to if the will of God is taking place in our life or not. If we are lining up to the will of God. All right, let me, let me give it a try. Let's see. Oh, it jumped. Let me go back. 
There we are. All right, now Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, how about, how about that for a name? Paul is speaking. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers. He's like, look, man, Epaphras, that boy is praying for you like crazy. Well, what's he praying? That you may stand perfect and complete in what? All the will of God. Well, in order for you to stand perfect and complete in all of the will of God, it would mean that there's a chance that you could know what the will of God is, right? (laughs) Now, the reason why I'm so excited about us learning to know what the will of God is for our life is because of this next scripture. Go ahead and hop for me. Thank you. It's like I press it, and it doesn't do anything, and then I press it again, and it jumps as if I've already pressed it. So it's like, man, it's got a mind of its own. All right, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence. Actually, this is, and I apologize, this is actually the amplified version, even though I've got New King James up there, so it's the amplified version. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. So if you're going to be confident, you can be confident in this. Which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, if we make any request according to his will, that means in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. So if that's one thing that we can be confident in. If you ask God of anything that is part of his will for your life, you can be confident of this. He hears you and he listens. Now, that's, a, that's major, right? Because how many times have you been talking to your kid and they're listening to you, but they're not really hearing you? Or you try to talk to your husband, he's listening, but he ain't really, you're not hearing what I'm saying, right? But God, you start asking according to his will. Isaac was doing that for all of our families. What was he doing? He was praying the word of God. Well, Guess what God was doing? He listened, but he heard. He said, oh, you're pleading, you're pleading my blood over the family. I'm, I'm making sure my blood's going to stand sure. You're, you're praying blessings over these families. You're, you're praying unity over these families. I'm, then I'm going to come down with a spirit of unity. Why? Because that's part of his plan, right? Now, it goes on to say, verse 15, and if or since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask. Why? Because we're asking according to his will. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possession. Everyone say present possession. That means you got it right now, right? Our present possessions, the requests made of him. So if you ask anything that's part of his will, in alignment with his will, you can be confident, according to the word of God, you can be confident that he has heard you and that it's already yours, even before it shows up. One of, one of my favorite bosses, I got to work for him for 16 years in television, Randy Seiler. Man, I love, to this day, I love that guy. Love that guy. If there's anything that would make me pause in ministry, it would be Randy Seiler coming up with his own production company saying, Dave, I need a post-production editor. I'd pause. Now I can't do it, Randy. I'm sorry. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, there's not a whole lot that would make me pause. 
But that's how much I love this guy. But, and, and I enjoyed working for him and serving him and as an employee. And so when he would come into my office, he'd say, Dave, I need, uh, I got something I need you to do. What would come out of my mouth is, it's already done, Randy, what you need. Because I wanted him to know, you don't have to worry about it, I'm taking care of it. Consider it already done. That's what God's saying to you. If you ask something according to his will today, you can be confident that he's saying, don't you worry about it, I got it. It's already yours. Now, it will show up in his timing for you, and in his own way, you know, you may have it all figured out in your head, oh, well, this is how God's going to work this out, and he'll come out of left field with something totally different, right? Uh, but that's, that's kind of a, we leave that up to him in faith. All right, uh, it jumped one again. All right, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you. If you can back up for me. I don't know what's going on with this thing. Finding his will. Let's talk about finding his will. Is everyone with me still? You still here? Uh, uh, if you're not, you can nod. You don't have to say, no, I'm not with you anymore. But if you are, I need you to nod this way. Right? Let's talk about what, what does it take to find his will. Well, there's a starting point. There's a starting point to start understanding and finding his will for your life. Go to the next slide for me. This is it. Ephesians 5, 15, 17. Now, Paul in Ephesians 5 is talking about uh, uh, lifestyles and conduct. And he's doing a lot of don't do this, do this. Don't do that, do this, right? And so he goes on to say, be careful then how you live. Woo! Be careful. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So we can understand what his will is, right? So if you grew up with a, the mindset of, well, nobody really can know the ways of God or the purpose of God or the, the will of God, you know, who knows his plans? No, he wants to share them with you, Right? But it starts with this. Be really careful how you're living. In other words, submit. <laughs> As disciples, we no longer have a say on how we're going to live. It's however he wants us to live, according to his word. It's a submission. So when you start becoming available and submitting to him, now you're lining up at a place that you can begin to understand what his will is. Uh, matter of fact, Romans talks about that. Go to the next slide. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy. In other words, he's saying, because he's been so merciful to us, I'm going to urge you. I beseech you, the King James says. <laughs> he says, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So I thought worship is when you know, I put music on and I can sing and I can cry and I can raise my hands. and all. Sure, that's a form of worshiping and through music and through song. But he's saying your whole life should be worship. And it's worship takes place when you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, I'm giving myself to you, Christ. I'm crawling up on this altar and whatever you want from me, it's yours. You're my king. You're my Lord. 
I am making myself available. Now what happens at that? Go back to there. there. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many knows that this world has set up a really bad pattern? <laughs> Man, and they get really mad if you don't conform to that pattern. These days, they will cancel you. That's the big phrase, right? I'm going to cancel you. Well, I wish they would, man. I'm sick of social media. Cancel me off that. That's not real world anyway. <laughs> Can't cancel something that God has put into place, right? So, so they, you know, it, it's if you don't, you know, they, we may hear a lot of rhetoric about, uh, you know, inclusivity, inclusion, you know, uh, they, but they don't want to include you if you disagree, <laughs> right? So that's the problem. There's, there's a bad pattern that is taking place with the world. But he, he's saying, don't be conformed. We're not, we're not trying to conform. Understanding the will of God has nothing to do with conforming. It has to do with transforming. So he's saying, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed. Trans, you, it's, it's a metamorphosis. It's the same, it's the same concept as... Uh, as the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. It becomes something totally different. And once it's changed, it can never go back. It never regresses. A butterfly doesn't say, I'm sick of having these wings, I'm gonna go back to being a caterpillar, right? It becomes something brand new. And that's what we're being called to do, is to be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind, we need to stop thinking the way we used to think. Start thinking some new thoughts. What are those new thoughts? His word. His will. His word is his will. So, so when, you, when you run into uh, some kind of trial this week, which you inevitably will, because it happens every single week, it always cracks me up at the end of the year. Woo, I can't wait till this new year. Well, you're gonna have you're gonna have problems in the new year, just like you had the last year. That's just that's that's life. Jesus said, "Hey, you, you're gonna have trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Not just your trouble, but the world that contains your trouble, right?" So, so when you run into some kind of situation this week, don't think the same old thoughts. Don't respond the way that most of the folk in the world would respond. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what starts taking place then? It says, then, so when you have humbled yourself, when you have submitted yourself, when you begin to allow the word of God to give you some new thoughts, then you will be able to test and approve. That word approve also means to determine. If you look it up, it actually means you can test and determine what God's will is. That means we have a chance to know what the will of God is. <laughs> it says not only that, his good, pleasing, and what? Perfect will. The word perfect, when it's used, of course, this is the new King James, but with, with the King James uh, translation, it, the word perfect doesn't mean, you know, uh, perfection the way that we, it means complete, whole, lacking nothing. So the complete will of God. Wouldn't that be awesome to know? I want to know his complete will for my life. What does his word have to say about my life?
the complete will. Well, it, it happens when you make yourself available to him, you submit to him, and you, you stop being conformed to the pattern of the world, but you just allow his word to transform your mind so you can start thinking right, seeing right, hearing right, talking right. Now I can start understanding what his complete, perfect will is. Now, here's, here's a thought. If there's a complete will of God, then there's also a, an incomplete will of God. And I think that's where a lot of believers live. We, we, we believed enough to, to be saved, right? But we don't believe enough to get delivered from some things that hinder us. Because sometimes we just don't, we, we don't realize that there's freedom for that. We don't realize that we can walk in full, complete freedom. And so I think a lot of Christians are walking in an incomplete. You know, we, hey, we're doing some things that are according to his will, but then we're stopping, right? And that's, that's where we're going we're gonna to try to move into the complete will of God. Let's go to the next slide real quick. So discovering his will through submission and obedience. That's, that's what I'm wanting you to kind of take out of here today. Is we're setting the foundation that, number one, you have every right to know the will of God for your life. And by knowing the will of God, it, it's understanding his character and how he operates. It doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, when I pull out of here today, Lord, do you want me to take a left or a right? Right? Now, sometimes there will be times that the Holy Spirit will nudge you in your walk and give you a direct, hey, I need you to go talk to this person right now. And you, you go do it. But there's going to be times that you go, Lord, do I pick A, B, or C? How do I know what your will is? Well, you fall back on the word. What is his nature? And what can you, what can you gather from, well, Lord, I know that your will is this. That means that B makes the most sense to me right now. Be with me. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go for it, right? You know, you're, you may be faced this week with a job opportunity. Lord, do you want me to stay at the job that I'm at right now? Or is this your will to pursue that? Well, go to the word, find out what his nature is. Start with what we said at the top of the service, Hebrews 11. It's impossible to please God without faith. And in order to have faith, you have to first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you are diligently seeking him, you can be guaranteed that he has what for you? A reward, right? Well, maybe that applies to the new job. Maybe there's something about it that you go, uh, not so much. Okay, well, then stay, stay put. And rejoice that he, you got a job. or what? That's, that's how all this operates, right? So discovering his will through submission and obedience. It's not that hard to figure out what the will of God is, right? Say, well, what, wait a minute. It, God's will is, what about in the Old Testament, man? He was slaying people like crazy. He was wiping out villages. He was, what about Jericho? Boy, he wore those people out, did he not? Sure. But you remember there was one family in Jericho Anyone remember her name? Rahab. She chose, when the spies came, she said, look, I, sign me up. I'll worship your God. I'll be part of your people. And they said, all right, we'll protect your family throughout this red cord, and, and we won't attack you guys. Now, you remember the story? They marched around Jericho how many days? Seven. So for six days, they just marched. Do you not think that God was giving Jericho a chance to submit? 
if he did it for one family, would he not have done it for everyone? And after, after six days, it, no, okay. Now, was that his will? Well, I think he showed his will for six days, what, he, what his heart was. And on the seventh day, all right, well, time for us to take the land, right? So, so let's look at this. Let's go to Isaiah. Let's, and I promise we're wrapping up. Isaiah 1, 18 through 20. This is God talking. Come now and let us reason together. I like that. God's inviting us. Come on, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. It says the Lord, through, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Praise God for the cleansing of his blood, right? Verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. One translation actually says you shall eat the best of the land. If you are willing and obedient. Verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So, with that, what do you think is the will of God? To eat the best of the land or to be devoured by the sword? Best of the land, yay! Somebody gets a star. Was that you, Ryan? You get a star on your chart. <laughs> to eat the best of the land. So, so there's two scenarios presented. Which one is his will? To eat the best of the land, right? So... That means his will is not really to, for his people to be devoured by the sword. Because if you say, well, no, but that is his will. Well, then you're also saying that his will is to refuse him and to be rebellious, right? <laughs> but we already know, we've already established that his will is to be obedient, to follow him, right? So, so I, I know this seems very elementary, but it, like I said, it's, it's setting the stage for what we're going to talk about over the next coming weeks and I'm, we're just going to let the word of God speak for itself over the coming weeks, right? And, and uh, uh, matter of fact, the week that we talk about health, well-being, and healing, y'all get ready. I've got 101 scriptures, which means I'm not going to be pre. I'm just going to get up and read the word. And, we'll, and at that time, we'll figure out what's the will of God when it comes to my health, my well-being, and my healing, uh, at that point, if, if, if you still say, no, nope, God still wants me to be sick. Man, I don't, I don't know what to do for you that, after 101 scriptures, right? Now, I give you fair warning because y'all remember some, a couple of years ago, I, I, I took two weeks and I said 40 things that God says about us and there were 40 scriptures, right? I did 21 week, 20 the next so that every day if you wanted to, you could get up and Speak. These are 40 things God says about me. I'm going to speak them out over myself too. Woo, man. That, I had a couple of people that weren't real thrilled with that. 40 points. You had a 40-point sermon. I'm about to top that. I'm going to have a 101-point sermon coming up. Y'all just wait. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Look at what God's will is. John 3.16. First, first scripture most of us learned as children, Right? Man, I wish that we would teach kids 16 through 20. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Really? 
man, I thought, wouldn't that make sense for Jesus to come into the world because the world's full of a bunch of knuckleheads that Jesus needs to come and condemn us, put us in our place, right? But he says right here, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. The word saved there is sozo, which means restored, replenished, all needs met, healthy. It, it doesn't just mean punching your ticket to heaven. That is part of it, right? Which, by the way, anyone, anyone know who was saying this at the time, John 3.16, this whole passage? We, we quote it all the time. Anyone remember who, who was actually saying this? Jesus. This is Jesus himself talking about himself, <laughs> right? So that means if, if don't trust me, trust him, right? <laughs> so so he, he didn't send, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. So I just feel so condemned. Well, that's not the will of God for you. God's will is not to condemn you. <laughs> what, what's his will? Well, he sent his son into the world that, so that uh, the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son. So in other words, he didn't send Christ into the world to condemn the world. Why? Because the world was already condemned. Why didn't they believe? Well, because we're about to get to what the condemnation was. But think about that. God's purpose for you is not, his will is not to condemn you. I just feel, I just feel, I know God's, God's punishing me for that. No, no, he's not. The, the wrath of God was fully poured out on the cross. The, did, did the cross take away our sins? Yes. Did the cross pay for our sins? Then let's stop acting like God's trying to punish us for our sins. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have consequences for your actions, Every action, good or bad, comes with a sequence, consequence, with sequence, a consequence. So yeah, it doesn't mean God's punishing you. It just means that you were a knucklehead. You did the wrong thing, and now you're, you're reaping the consequences, right? But look, the, his, his will is not to condemn you. Matter of fact, his will is for you to be sozoed, to be saved, to be moved out of the curse of condemnation. And it's just not about punching your ticket. To heaven. It's about life right here on earth. Let's go to the next, next slide. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation. What was the condemnation? That the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's why they were condemned, is truth, light, revelation, his will came into the world, and people went, mm-mm. And they, they went the other way. That's, that's why they're condemned. Not because God's condemning them, but because they're refusing him, his goodness. Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth, and the truth is also his will. Is his will not truth, right? Truth is also his word. <laughs> but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they may have been done in God. So you want to know what the will of God is for you? It's not to get you. God's out to get you. No, he's not. Because if he would have already gotten you. <laughs> he's God, right? You would have already been got. 
His will is to sozo you, save you, to restore you. Give, restore me to what? Everything he had for me in the garden. You remember the, the very first several weeks of this, of this year, we talked about the very first words that were uttered to man. And it was a blessing. Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, replenish. It was an incredible blessing. He wants to restore us back to that. That means that that's what you get to walk around living in, in the power and authority of that blessing. That's his will for your life. Amen. Let's all stand. So God wants you to know what his will is. And we're going to talk about it in the coming weeks. It's his word. It's all over his word. Next week, we'll talk about, do you realize it's his will for you to progress, to advance? Do you realize his will is for you to be elevated, exalted? God wants us exalted. Only he, the Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will exalt you up. Why? Because that's his will. He wants you to be risen up, to elevate, to progress, to move forward. 2024 should be a year that we as, as a family of believers move forward and progress in our discipleship, in our love, in our faith. Uh, and, and we should progress. We should see uh, healings amongst us. We should see uh, financial breakthrough amongst us. We should see uh, family strengthen amongst us. Why? Because everything about the kingdom progresses. So we're going to find out what's, what's his will for me to progress. Well, that's all in the word of God. We're going to find out next week. Amen. Amen. Let's all pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you because you do desire for us to know what your will is for us. And that excites me because your word said, if I pray according to your will, I can be confident that it's already mine. So Lord, I, I believe your word today and I claim it. And I speak that everything that is in your word is already ours. Thank you. Thank you for favor. Thank you for covenant. Thank you for love. And thank you for your blood that covers us, that washes away all of our sins, all of our errors, all of our mistakes. Thank you, thank you for your blood that covers our families, that holds, holds it together, that keeps our relationship with our children, that keeps us strong with our spouses. Thank you for the blood that covers our finances, that the enemy can't come and rob us. Anything that he tries to rob us from, Lord, you, he's got to return back to us in Jesus' name. And you have all provision. Thank you for the blood that covers our health and covers our minds so that we can be transformed. We can have renewed minds. It's a great peace have they that love thy law and nothing can offend them. Thank you. You keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. We keep our minds this week on your word, on your truth, on your promises, on your covenant, your contract with us. Lord, we're nothing without you. And we are desperate for you. 
We're a desperate people. Help us to reflect you to someone this week. Help us to shine your love and your light and your glory onto someone that needs some hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Let's sing one more time as a family.